Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Now, spot Bitcoin ETFs that invest directly in Bitcoin have received approval from U.S. regulators for the first time and commenced its first trading session last Thursday. Now, the digital asset market, which is estimated to be worth 1.7 trillion U.S. dollars, is celebrating this event as a major turning point. And big players in the market like BlackRock, Invesco, and Fidelity, as well as smaller rivals like Valkyrie have received approval from the Securities and Exchange Commission. So how did the first few trading days fare for these ETFs? Well, joining us on the phone today to tell us more is Suva Shri Ghosh, who is a cryptocurrency reporter for APAC at Bloomberg. And together we'll examine the impact of the SEC's approval and how it can shift the market for digital assets. Suva, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you, Hanbin, for getting me on the show. It's a pleasure always. It's a pleasure always <laughs> speaking to you. And Suva, I'm very excited for this conversation. But, you know, just to start off for people who may not know what exactly these spot Bitcoin ETFs are, could you help us explain what they are and why this recent SEC approval of these ETFs is so significant? Of course. To start off, basically, let us start with an ETF. You know, an ETF is a basket of securities that tracks a specific index or an asset. That's basically what it is. It can track, you know, equities, bonds, currencies, commodities, real estate. Now, when we come to a spot Bitcoin ETF, that's what we're talking about today. It means that the key aspect of a spot Bitcoin ETF is they can actually hold Bitcoin. So that means that, you know, when an investor buys a Bitcoin ETF, he or she gets direct exposure to the current market price of the token. Mm. Uh, That's a little bit different from what it was earlier, where you could only invest in ETFs that traded Bitcoin futures, Uh like you are buying a contract or selling a contract at a specific price at a later date. But this is completely a little different, actually. It helps you to buy. In a way, you're actually buying and taking position on Bitcoin, but through a safer avenue, which is an ETF, like a stock. I see. And, and yeah. to your next question about why uh-huh. is the reason that SEC approval is so significant, just to give a context, you know, SEC has been rejecting spot Bitcoin ETFs for the last decade. Mm-hmm. So it is significant because it makes Bitcoin a little bit more wider, wider and mainstream traditional asset now. Like, you know, not traditional as in everybody's accepting mm-hmm. it, but it becomes more widely and broadly known and maybe invested by other investors, which are not typically cryptocurrency native investors. Ah, I see, I see. So, mm-hmm. you know, many have called the approval after a decade of, you know, rejection, this approval as a watershed moment for the crypto industry, which, you know, as you mentioned, first sought to launch a Bitcoin ETF more than 10 years ago. Why did it take such a long time to come? I mean, is the timing of the approval significant as well? Actually, it is. And it's a good question. You know, why is it taking such a long time? It's because typically we know that the regulator, which is the U.S. SEC in this case, has been 
quite cautious and conservative, actually, I mean, uh, really not skeptical about cryptocurrencies as a whole. They have said that there is concerns about liquidity, manipulation, volatility, the typical things that really worry a regulator when it comes to allowing them for ordinary investors like me and you, exactly. Mm. So that's the reason that they were a little hesitant in giving a green light to it. In fact, you know, the U.S. SEC chair, Gary Gensler, even after he voted in favor of the Bitcoin ETF, and uh, on the same day, he said that, that they do not actually endorse Bitcoin. Oh. Uh, and yeah, exactly. So that shows how reluctant they were, even they are now, to mm. give this a green light. But yes, it has come after a decade because there was a court hearing last year of Grayscale Investments mm-hmm. where the U.S. SEC lost that hearing which was to allow Grayscale to convert their Bitcoin trust worth $26 billion into an ETF. After that was the key changing point for the U.S. SEC that led to them agreeing to allow this Bitcoin ETF after 10 years, you know. And in terms of significance, it is very important, if I could just add quickly, because there are expectations that interest rates are likely to soften globally. And we all know that there is a direct correlation between risky assets and lower interest rates. And therefore, cryptocurrencies are uh, likely to go up. Uh, mm-hmm. Bitcoin, there could be some more uh, you know, interest on such kind of risky assets when uh, we are looking at a lower interest rate situation. So that's the significance in terms of the timing of this approval. Mm, I see. So what are the new opportunities now cryptocurrency traders can expect with these you know, Bitcoin ETFs? How are traders adding these ETFs to their portfolios? It's actually a new asset, another asset for Mm -hmm. cryptocurrency trader, or even if you are not a cryptocurrency trader, you are just a normal investor. Mm -hmm. This is just one way of diversifying your investment portfolio. Mm -hmm. And the good part is you're not actually taking direct exposure to it. You are doing it through an ETF, which Mm -hmm. makes it little less concerns because you don't have to worry about the custody, safe custody of the Bitcoin or you don't have to take a call about which way the token will move. So these are the new opportunities that opens up for traders. And you can just do it as a through your regular brokerage account. It can be a retail investor. It can uh-huh. be an institutional investor. You just go ask your broker to buy you those ETFs and mm-hmm. you ask them which one to choose from and they do that for you. That's oh. it. It's like buying a stock. I yeah. see. I see. So it's much easier now. Well, let's dive into some of the market movements here, Suva. How did Bitcoin then initially react to this approval? Initially, there was a little bit of price rise and uh-huh. actually we saw Bitcoin topping $49,000 briefly uh-huh. for the first time since December 2021. Uh-huh. But it came off slightly after that and today we are seeing as we speak you know it's more or less you know trading flattish today uh-huh. and that's because this is typically a buy the rumor sell the news kind of a trade where mm-hmm. investors or traders actually sell after the event has happened that's what we're seeing now so would you say i mean it fell as much as 10 percent to as low as forty one thousand four hundred and sixty nine dollars would you say that the etf optimism has you know evaporated already I don't think so, to be honest. It's because it's a very trade phenomena. Like typically that happens whenever the news actually materializes. Mm-hmm. And this is maybe a short term phenomena. The market was overly baked, meaning that it had prices had actually completely accounted for this event to happen. So yes, now that the anticipation is all over, the price is kind of going to see some correction going ahead as well. But the optimism, expectation of more funds to flow in is still not over. It's still very much there in the market. 
market. I see. So, you know, what's next for Bitcoin then? Can we still see prices rallying in 2024? Or do you expect to see prices, you know, coming to a standstill? What are the experts and analysts saying about this? Yeah, that's, you know, always a million dollar question. <laughs> How, where will Bitcoin prices go? Yeah. Where are they headed? But yes, according to the experts and traders, like you asked, you know, Bitcoin prices are expected to fall a little bit more going ahead as the profit taking continues after the event has already happened. Some expect it to fall to Bitcoin price to fall to around $38,000 or mm-hmm. so. And before they start climbing back, so it's going to be a bit of a, you know, weakening trend in the next few weeks is what people are expecting. But of course, it will not be like a one way thing. We know Bitcoin is a volatile asset. Mm -hmm. And yes, maybe after a few weeks or maybe a few days, it can climb back up because expectations are that these ETFs will see new inflows, new money inflows, which means that people will have to, the ETF issuers will have to buy Mm. Bitcoin, which will actually mean that, you know, there will be higher demand at a higher price going ahead. Yeah. I see. So, you know, almost a dozen ETFs begun trading after that SEC approval. And apparently over 4.6 billion US dollars worth of shares traded on the first day of trading for these US spot Bitcoin ETFs. What factors contribute to such a strong start? And can we see more inflows going forward? That's again a very good question. <laughs> you got all the great questions, to be honest. The strong start was uh, led by basically scheduled flows. These fund issuers, they had set aside some part of their own funds, you know, Mm -hmm. to invest in these. So it was not like a fresh side external money that was coming in. It was their own money. So to some extent, that was the reason that we saw a strong start. It was kind of an in-house flow from the NTF issuers. Going ahead, yeah, can we see more inflows? Uh, We can see more inflows. We have been seeing more inflows in the last two days. There was a net inflow of eight hundred in the last two ETF trading days, net inflow of eight hundred and nineteen, eight one nine million dollars, according to Bloomberg Intelligence. So that shows that flows are continuously going up in terms of the net inflows. But I have to kind of, you know, add a caveat over that it might not be as strong as we saw on day one. Mm-hmm. That's because that was a pent up flows we saw, but right. it might not be the same way in terms of the pace of inflows. Okay, okay. So maybe for those who are now interested, after our conversation so far, interested in investing in these Bitcoin ETFs, what are the ETFs that are now made available for traders and how have they fared so far? I can give some of the names Mm -hmm. as well as how they've fared in terms of numbers so far. We can say that so far, 11 ETFs have been made available to traders by the SEC, out of which, you know, BlackRock is the world's Mm. biggest asset manager. We know some of the names are very familiar, BlackRock, then Fidelity Investments, Mm. Invesco, we have Bitwise, Hashtags, Valkyrie. ARC21 shares, VanEck, Wisdom Tree. These are some of the, you know, 11 ETFs that have been allowed. And any trader can, you know, take position if you're in the U.S. or if you have access to U.S. markets, you can do that. In terms of how they are fed, you know, so Grayscale already had a $29 billion worth of Bitcoin trust. So they were just converting it into ETF. But outside Grayscale, we saw the biggest inflow into BlackRock and then Fidelity BlackRock saw $1 billion in turnover on day one. Fidelity saw $715 million turnover. So these are some of the big names. Other smaller, relatively smaller funds like ARC21, mm-hmm. Bitwise, they were third and fourth on the AUM, excluding Grayscale. So we are seeing, you know, 
across the board, this kind of volumes are rising, number of trades are rising. It's just not the only the top ones. It's across the board. It, to some extent, in terms of size and number, it might be different. But we are seeing the flows across the board. I mean, it seems like BlackRock's iShares Bitcoin Trust is quite popular at the moment. I mean, according to reports, it has outperformed Bitcoin since Thursday's launch. And in fact, IBIT's share price is doing better than all of its rivals. What makes BlackRock's Bitcoin ETF then, you know, different from the others that were launched? And why is it proving to be more attractive than the others? BlackRock is one of the most popular names, right? Yeah. If you to find a go to a fund, BlackRock is the biggest and uh-huh. it's a popular name in the traditional world. Whenever a retail or an institutional investor would want to go to something which is a new in, new asset class for them, they would typically want to prefer something which is known and, you know, popular for their own comfort. Mm-hmm. That could be one reason that BlackRock has seen this kind of strong, folk, I mean, good response from mm-hmm. investors. Also, they have a strong institutional and retail distribution network. Mm. And even though BlackRock's fee is relatively higher than, you know, Fidelity or our core offering, zero fees actually for a certain period of time, mm. that could be one reason that we are seeing some attractive BlackRock's Bitcoin ETF seeing little more, uh, you know, demand than others. But I have to add over here, Rangvin, yep. that the smaller ETFs are also catching up and mm. it's just not BlackRock's. ETF, so Bitcoin ETF. So it's just a matter of days and you will maybe see Mm. a lot more interest in across the board other ETFs as well. Yeah. So now the question is, Suva, what's next? Are there other cryptocurrencies like, you know, Ether or stable coins likely to also launch ETFs? What should investors look out for? Actually, this is a good question and it is very difficult to hazard a guess, to be honest, because we don't have any such indication Mm. from the US. But I have to say that, you know, the expectations are rising. DF issuers are saying that next could be Ether or Ripple's XRP Mm. token, uh, which could see such similar outcome decisions from the US SEC. But I have to also caution that... No, we do not have any certification from the SEC. And also remember that SEC is still pretty reluctant and cautious about crypto investments overall. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind when we are talking about what next on ETF. Will do. Well, thank you so much, Suva, for your time and your insights today. <laughs> My pleasure. Always a pleasure to have me in the show. Always a pleasure speaking to you. We've been speaking to Suva Shrigosh, who's the cryptocurrency reporter for APAC at Bloomberg. I'm Hong Bin Jung, and this has been Money in the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.